River Valley. I hope this week is going great for you as you are in the final stretch of summer. Logan here by myself today. And I know I said final stretch of summer. And I know some of you got mad at me for saying that, but it's true. We still have a little bit of time here in September, but the state fair is happening, which of course is an amazing time. I've gone, our staff is going on Thursday. And so hopefully you have seen us there if you're there that day, or I know I've run, I've run at a lot of people from church when I was there. And the state fair is awesome. There's some great new foods. Maybe you can share with us next week what new foods you tried at the state fair. I know for me, we tried mini apple cookie dough pie. That was very good. Mac and I enjoyed that. I always get some 1919 root beer and fried pickles. Those are kind of my my staples that are my go-to. Um, didn't get any cheese curds, but enjoyed a lot of other wonderful things. We tried Baba's new hummus tacos. Those were decent. Their bread at Baba is amazing. But this podcast is not about the state fair food, although it definitely could be. We could fill a full episode of that. But I hope you went. And if you're an anti-state fair person, I guess I don't understand you because I'm a big fan. Every year I go, I was was saying that to Mac, my wife. I said, every year I go, I feel like I'm going to be disappointed or this is the year that it gets old for me. And it just never does, never does. No matter how many times I go, it's just an awesome experience. The great Minnesota get together, the state fair. Love that we get to do that. Love our series that we're in and kind of being at the state fair when you go through and you look at all the farm animals and you meet all the farmers and people from different parts of Minnesota that have the largest pig and the all the horses and sheep and the horses do their business on the ground. They don't care about the food that we're eating. They're just going to they're gonna take care of what they need to take care of. And we're in our series too far from the farm. And so I was thinking about that as I was at the fair as well. But this last weekend, we talked about the life is in the blood. And Rory continues conversation with Pastor Rob about too far from the farm. And I don't know about you, but if you're watching the, the service and you saw Rory with one of his goats and or sheep, and I guess I don't know which is the difference. I'm too far from the farm. But he was holding it and he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill this. I'm gonna, and we're gonna feed our family from it. And I was kind of sad, but at the same point, I think that's the realization and the recognition that we are too far from the farm and that I'm sad looking at this animal, but then I'm willing to eat meat or eat a burger that I just had for lunch today, right? And I don't think too much about the animal that's life is being taken so that I can eat this. And again, it's not a plea to become vegan or vegetarian, um, although there are probably people listening that are, um, I think God is clear that we are able to do that. But Paul says, hey, if that's a conviction of yours that you don't want to, that's okay. Don't don't be mad at someone else or think that they're not serving the Lord because of the conviction that they have, whether one eats meat, the other doesn't eat meat, that's okay. Um, But I think we should acknowledge, as what we talked about this weekend, we should acknowledge that the meal that was in front of us, that something had to die, again, whether it's a plant or an animal, but something had to die in order for us to eat. And I think it's a a thing we often can miss. And of course, as we talked about this weekend, that that points to Jesus died. Jesus took our place as the lamb of God, right? The lamb sacrifice, 
the Bible says, without blemish, perfect, sinless. He died in the place so that we could have relationship with God the Father. And that is what the life is in the blood represents, the blood of Jesus. And I love how we ended every service singing about, you know, plead the blood and nothing but the blood of Jesus, right? Nothing but the blood of Jesus could cover the sin that we have, nothing but his blood. His blood is so powerful. And again, we mention it often and it's maybe confusing for new Christians to understand, but when you do grasp it, you can never be the same because you realize the power and the life that is in the blood of Jesus. And so I love this series. We're gonna be finishing it off this coming weekend talking about the harvest and how the harvest is difficult, but in the midst of the difficulty, you have to be ready when the harvest comes. When the harvest is there, you're not sitting there, you're not waiting. You have to take advantage. You have to get as much as you can because the window of harvest may be smaller than you think. And of course, scripture talks about how Jesus is gonna come back like a thief in the night. And I don't want us to wish we would have shared with that neighbor, to wish we would have shared with that family member, to wish we would have embodied being Christ-like to the people at work and wish that we would have done it later. And of course, that's not a, a call to shout it out with a megaphone every single place that you go. Of course, if God's calling you to do that, I'm not gonna get in the way of God. But I think there are ways that we can do this through our conduct. We can do this through the the small invitations that we make this fall or as we're at a our kids' concert or we're at the sports game or we're talking to some friends, some old old friends or coworkers. The way in which we live can be that example for people. And so I hope that we're encouraged in this series that it's not a everyone needs to go out and buy land and become a farmer but a reminder that we need to be reminded of the, the message of, of God's, the, me, the messages and lessons that God teaches us through nature, through farming, through agriculture, through the times of the Bible, because that's another thing that we've briefly mentioned throughout the series, but the Bible wasn't written today. And I think there's a reason for that. You know, Jesus didn't come in the 21st century. I almost wonder if people would, hear about the things that were happening and he'd become this social media phenomenon and people would post and and then others would be skeptical and it would start Twitter wars and comment sections would, would go crazy over, was this true, was this not true? I think there's a reason why Jesus came when he did. And so the lessons that he's teaching us in that time period, I think are incredibly important. But I do wanna get to some questions, talk about it. And then of course, end in prayer in a song as we always do, this question, when I read it, man, I was, I laughed, but it was, it was hurtful at the same time. Matt asks, should we have a sermon series for Vikings fans called Too Far From the Super Bowl? Oof, that one hurts. As a Vikings fan myself, that hurts. Although I'm not old enough really to remember the significant pains. I mean, I remember 2009, I believe it was, when Brett Favre was a Viking and he threw the interception late in the game to the Saints. So that was a, a heartbreak that I've experienced personally. The 1998, I believe it was, is when Gary Anderson missed the kick in the NFC championship game and then we lost to the Falcons. But I was two years old at the time. And then, of course, the four Super Bowls that we went to, I was not even born yet. So although I've experienced a lot of pain, 
the older generations have experienced it a lot worse. And hopefully this year is a good year. It seems that the Vikings are going to have a good year. I'm optimistic, obviously praying for Kirk always. I loved, I know we talked about the quarterback series a few weeks ago, but I love that series and the way he represented it. And it was just his birthday last week. So wished him a happy birthday. And hopefully in his 35th year, he is stronger than ever. And we win the division and all that. But again, that's not what this is about. But I don't think it's wrong to pray for the Vikings as long as you pray for other things as well. Probably wrong to pray for the Packers, but I digress. Uh, Christine asked, helpful ideas for conversations to have with children who are wayward, not following the Lord. It's a great question, Christine. And my assumption by you asking this question is that you have a child who's wayward or maybe it's a, a family member who's asking this question, somebody close to you that you know. And it's a difficult one because I think there's a lot of a lot of opportunities that you can can present in this scenario. You know, it's some people would say you got to share every single time you're with them. You got to share about your faith. I think that could be true. Um you have the prodigal son story that of course is a parable that Jesus tells, but the the son who's away ends up realizing from the, from the sin that he's involved in and the mistakes that he's making, he finally realizes that it's better to be back into the house of the father. Now that leads you to what is the environment of the place that that child is leaving, right? if they're in an environment where they, they've experienced love, and of course, no parent is perfect, but they saw what repentance looked like. They saw what asking for forgiveness. They saw that their parents weren't wearing a mask and two-faced and, and talked one way to the people in their neighborhood and another way when the doors got shut back home or they were abusive or disloyal or adulterous, all of those different things. None of those are an excuse for a child to walk away from the Lord, but I do think that have you created an environment at home up to that point that they could come back to and be welcomed in just like the prodigal son was welcomed back home? Because I think oftentimes we, whenever we have people in our family who don't love Jesus and we pray for them, we think we're going to be the father who welcomes them home with open arm, who, who, fill, who kills the fattened calf, to feast, to give, gives them the ring on, on, puts it on their finger, puts a robe around them, welcomes them with open arms. But unfortunately I find that the, the risk of being the brother that is jealous of this person who came home, who shares about their parties or their, their times away. And we become the brother, whether it's, we're the parent or not, but we become this, this person that almost is resentful towards the time that they walked away. And I think that's the example of this is that God, the father is that father, right? He is the perfect father who welcomes people with open, open arms who come back and who say, I want to have relationship with you again. I'm sorry. I repent. I turn, but we so often are the brother. And I think our prayer, of course, should be for our, our loved one or our child to come back into relationship. But our prayer 
should also be that we would be somebody with the love of the Father that doesn't hold up their sin, that doesn't hold up their their past mistakes, that, that may, maybe it's a, a, a kid who comes to you and, and is scared and they, they got pregnant or, or a boy got a girl pregnant and they come to you and it's, oh my goodness, and you freak out and you, you're angry and obviously those are emotions that are going on inside you because that's maybe not the life that you would have wanted them to live before they were married and, and they're, they're young. And, but how can we support this person? Of course, is it to, to let them continue to live in their sin? No. But I think that the tension that we have to live in and the prayer that we have to continue to pray is when the, the day comes that I'm also praying for, that my child comes back and says, I, I'm, I want to come back home. I want to have a relationship again. That we would be somebody who embodies the love of the Father. And I think that's something that we often miss in our prayers is we, of course, pray for them to come home, but pray for them to get the sense knocked into them that they stop living in the sin, or maybe it's a desperate cry of, I'm afraid for their health, I'm afraid of what they're doing is gonna lead them towards a path of destruction or maybe even physical death, and I'm afraid, and it's this prayer of, of petition to the Lord. Those things should certainly be the case. But the prayers of ourselves, I think, can prepare us. And again, I know the question was helpful ideas for conversations, not prayers. But I do think that that's the, the first part and maybe the most important part. In terms of conversations, I think that talking about things that interest them, I think sometimes we, we look at children. And again, I don't have children of my own, but I've, I've experienced this with my parents and seen this with other friends. But we don't talk about the things that they like. We don't ask them questions. Now, I'm not saying if they're a Wiccan priestess or a you know a witch, it's like, what spells are you working on? That's not what I'm saying. But I think sometimes we're, we, we talk about ourselves so often that we're trying to win somebody over. But if you think about a relationship, studies have shown this, that the best conversations are the ones where the person is talking the most. And so... If we dominate the conversation with all the amazing things that are going on at work and how the, the trip to, to the Caribbean was amazing and, and how we, the, the series in church too far from the farm, oh my goodness, it's fantastic, it's amazing. And we're just trying to beat them over the head with all the good things that are going on in our life, but we don't actually ask them the questions of what's happening in their life, what they're, what they're dealing with. And maybe they're not things that interest us or maybe they're things that are challenging to deal with or maybe they're even things that make us uncomfortable because there's sin involved. But you look at Jesus. Jesus had conversations with people. Now he didn't have any children, but he had, I mean, he's God, right? He was there at the beginning. He knows everything about us. So of course he loves us way more than we love our children. And he was willing to sit down with Zacchaeus. He was willing to talk to the woman caught in adultery. He was willing to talk to the woman at the well. He had conversations with them. Now, of course, he's savior. He, he has a lot more wisdom than we do. But I think sometimes we dominate the conversation. So I would just encourage to treat your child. And again, if it's, an, if it's an adult child, which I'm assuming it is, or an older teenager, have conversations. Try to, try to build relationship, right? If everything is about getting them back into the faith, then is it a religion that we're looking for? Or is it a relationship? Because if we're trying to get our kids into a personal relationship with Jesus, it's not going to happen by convincing them, right? We've heard the phrase, if they can convince you into it, they can convince you out. They need to experience and encounter God in their own way. And maybe what that means is they've never had that before. 
So giving them those opportunities. And of course, if it is trying to bring up our faith, I think we're, we bring up the positive things of what God has done in our life recently. Here's a miracle. Here's an example. Here's a, a moment of faithfulness. Or, you know, if, if you're out on a vacation, a family vacation, and you're with your child and you're looking at the mountains, you say, isn't God amazing that he made these things? And it's kind of poking at them like, of course God is real. You know God is real. Versus experiencing it together. And maybe just being in awe as well. And, and maybe saying the same phrase, but in a less combative way. And again, I know it's not perfect, but I think that our authenticity will show. If we're trying to win somebody over, if we're trying to get them back for our family status, that's a whole nother conversation. Is this a family status thing? Is it, is it because you're, you're worried about, oh, what are people going to think? Am I a bad parent? Because my kid isn't walking with from, or my kid walked away from the Lord. Now people are going to think I'm a bad parent. Of course, there's guilt and shame that comes in that. Totally understandable. But if that's the motivation, is God going to grant our request, right? He says, you're praying for your kid to come back to faith in me so that you can get social credibility. No, is this really about the salvation and the relationship of your child? And so, again, a lot of thoughts there, a lot of rabbit trails, but I think it's an important distinction to know that our prayer is the most important thing. And then being normal, not being weird, not not being it over the head with people. But then also, I'll add one last thing. Be ready for the moment where the question comes. If they're questioning their faith and they ask you a question, what an opportunity. Don't be, don't be scared. Don't be intimidated. I think sometimes that I take uh, questions about, about religion and about Christianity personally. If somebody asks a question, about, oh, well, you know, why does the church need all that money? Or I can't believe you guys serve so much or you ask so much of people. That's a question that you have the opportunity to answer in a positive way that is an, an awesome sign that they're willing to talk about it or they're asking a question that they might want an answer to. And I think sometimes we get combative and we get frustrated that people are asking these that seem to be finger pointing questions. But I think there are opportunities for us to share. And when we have an answer, like First Peter talks about, when we're ready to give an account, I believe it goes a long way. And when people see that you're willing to answer their question and willing to walk with through, through them or even ask the question behind the question, hey, that's interesting. I've never heard that question before, but why'd you bring that up? Or, you know, I feel like we've talked about this many times before. Is there a reason you're asking it again, right? Being as inquisitive as you can. Another question Savannah asks, recommendations on honoring the Sabbath when you work in the sports industry, specifically when game schedules fall on the Sabbath. For example, football games on Sundays, baseball games happen on Sundays, other things. Well, first of all, thanks for working in the sports industry. I'm one of the people who keeps the sports industry in business. I watch a lot of sports. I love the Twins. They've been doing well this stretch for a bit, and they're hopefully going to hold on, win the division. Obviously, we talked about the Vikings earlier, so big, big fan of sports. So thanks so much, Savannah, for working in this or uh, uh, your spouse or friend or whoever it is that works in the industry. We talked about the Sabbath a few weeks ago, and I can expand on it a little bit too. But I think that there's a number of, a number of things with the Sabbath that we need to remember of what Jesus did, right? Jesus kind of poked at the Sabbath, of course, we see it as one of the Ten Commandments. We see it as an important law. It's a, it's a symbol 
to the Jewish people of this covenant relationship that we have with God. It's showed to us through rest in Genesis. It's talked about in, in Exodus. It's talked about all throughout the law and everything. And so we see lots of examples of the Sabbath and different reasons for the Sabbath, you know, for to, to get along socially, to honor, worship the Lord, to, to present offerings and sacrifices, to give him praise, to worship God. You know, there's, there's a number of different things that the Sabbath, Sabbath was and, and the covenant that it was. But for me, and, and there's still debate on this, but for me, I've, I've landed here, and I think a lot of Christians find themselves here, is that looking at the example that Jesus talks about, or the examples of how Jesus responds to the Sabbath and he responds to the Pharisees of he's gleaning from the fields and they say, you shouldn't glean from the fields. You shouldn't do that, it's the Sabbath. But then Jesus responds to them. And he, he basically tells them, uh, we, the triune God created the Sabbath. I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. You have, you're making this law. You know, he's in, in Matthew 12, three through four, he says, have you not read what David did when he was hungry and those who were with him? How he entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests. He's saying, you've made this out to be something that it was never intended to be. And so I do think that there are still Christians and, and Jewish people and others who don't even know scripture, but people that really are holding on to an old idea of the Sabbath that was twisted from the Pharisees. Then there's others that I think would say, no, you look through it out. It's a great biblical principle. Jesus honored the Sabbath. And because of that, we should continue to honor the Sabbath as well. Now, I think Jesus, of course, honored the Sabbath. He was a, a Jew. He was a rabbi. He was a teacher. He was going to do that. But I think he's he's trying to, to shape and mold Christians to say, the Sabbath is not, again, the Sabbath was not meant to rule over man, right? It was meant to be a gift. And so as he talks about it, then we see even later in the New Testament, as Paul clarifies, and he, he comes up with this idea and through a number of different verses that Jesus is our Sabbath rest, right? Jesus is that rest. So we talked about that in more in detail a few weeks ago. But I think with that understanding, I think it is important to ask yourself a question. Does that mean that I have no community, that I have no church, that because of my job, I'm absent from church altogether. I'm absent from my community. And I think that there are seasons where that has to happen, you know, maybe being in the military, maybe it's a, a job transfer where you're in, in the middle of seasons. But if it's a long-term thing that you don't have community, that you're not a part of a church and you are consistently missing that fellowship, I, I think that maybe would be something to consider a job change because can you live in that for the rest of your life and flourish in your relationship with God? I don't know. Now, we also have our online campus and people who utilize that, who are a part of small groups, who are serving, who are giving, who say, hey, this is the way that due to proximity or due to my community that I live in or the job that I work, this is the way that I, I interact with River Valley. And this is the way that I serve God. I think, I think you can do that. And I think for some, it's, it's a short season. For others, it's longer. But what I look at is how do the other parts of my, my daily discipleship, how are they impacted by me be, 
me missing service and by me not having rest. If you don't have any rest and you're working seven days a week, 12 hours a day, then you're going to burn out. And I think that is where you're missing this, the spirit of the Sabbath. But if it is, no, I work on weekends, but there's ways for me to get involved. I know some people say, oh, I, I go to the Saturday night service because I work on Sunday mornings, or I go to an early service, or I go to a later service, or this week I was traveling and I had to watch online. Again, I think there's an understanding there that is not a, a sinful disregard of the church. But I do think that there is an important distinction of is that impacting my daily devotions? Do I not read the Bible anymore? Do I not pray anymore? Am I not in any small group? Do I not have a group of believers because of the job that's taken me away from that Sunday morning or Saturday night experience? And so I think the the consistency is something that I'd look at in your life and the flourishing and getting around other people, getting in a group, getting involved in things. So again, I think Saturday night service is a great opportunity. Many of our campuses are launching a Saturday night service in the next couple of weeks, September 16th would be that Saturday where a lot of campuses are starting a service. So that's a, an opportunity. But if that's not an opportunity, obviously our online as well is a great one. But really look at your spiritual disciplines, your, your weekly rhythm, your time with the Lord, the people in your life. And then ask yourself, God, is this a season? Is this temporary? Or is this what you're calling me to do? And if so, I believe he'll give you the grace to do it and surround you with the people and the things that you need to do. So hopefully that is helpful answering a few questions on the podcast today. I want to get to prayer and then of course, worship as we end listening to a, a song as always. Woodbury Campus has a couple of prayer requests. This one says, confidence to step in what God is calling me to do despite my age or experience. Awesome. Peace for me as my wedding approaches. Congratulations, by the way. Please, please pray that God would remain at the center of our lives in my marriage and that my husband would be a strong leader in our home. Amen. Apple Valley Campus, pray for my husband and son to find the Lord. My husband left our family, praying that God would restore. Absolutely. Praying for restoration for my daughter and her to find real God-honoring love. Pray that her hurts would be healed. It's so interesting that the question that was asked about this and then multiple prayer requests about people from their family, kids who are away from the Lord. Be praying for that. Pray for my sister. She suffers from long-term COVID, hasn't been able to sleep at night, and it's been affecting her mental health. Minatrista, pray for my left shoulder and hip loosen, hip to loosen and to be healed. Another person, pray for my husband's depression about moving and selling our home. He has Parkinson's. Help me care for him with kindness and love. A praise from Minatrista, both my sons are now walking in God's truth and in relationship with him. I didn't pick these requests and praises, but it's so cool how they align together. It's amazing. So some people are praying for their kids to find faith. Other people are celebrating that they're now walking in him. So I'm praying that those who are praying for them to find faith in Jesus would have a, a similar testimony and a praise report here coming up ahead. Someone from Egan praying for our finances. Another Prayer said, prayer for, for friends of mine. Their two children have been diagnosed with cancer, one in second grade and one in fourth. Praying healing in Jesus' name. Yes, amen, amen. And a praise report. I was laid off from my job, but was just hired on by a great company with better pay. Our family is happy and healthy. So pray for me with the new learning curve of the job. Amazing. And lastly here, City Campus, not all of them, but just a few. 
I'm a middle school science teacher. Pray for me and my students as well as their future. Pray for the way I care and teach and that God would use me for his glory. Love that. Love all of our teachers. I'm asking for prayers as I follow Jesus. Staying clean, being honest with my treatment staff. Pray protection over me, my family, community. Help me walk with the right path. Follow Jesus and his ways for me. Amazing. I will close in prayer and as always encourage you to, even as you're hearing those requests, saying prayers for them and and maybe as you're listening to this song to say a prayer for all those requests and lift up any more people in our church. Of course, these are just a sliver of the needs that are brought in that are, are written down every single week. And so we wanna make sure to pray over these. So Jesus, I pray right now, pray for every single need that was read, everyone that was written, everyone that may be in service, they raised their hand, but they didn't write it, God, that they're believing for something. God, there's people who have kids who need to find faith in you. There's people who need a a miracle in their finances, who need uh, to stay on their treatment program. God, I pray for healings over cancer, for, for kids with cancer. Lord, we pray for healing, that you would intervene, that you'd guide the doctors, that you'd guide those in research, that you'd guide the parents and family members to surround them. And even for the kids to remain strong and be hopeful looking towards you in this. And God, for every single need, every every job, every, every teacher, everyone in our church who's struggling, God, I pray you'd give them that rest and that we'd see you in everything, God, that we would see you in the small things and the big things, in nature, in the city, wherever we walk, wherever we go, God, that we would see you in the midst of it. So thank you now, thank you in advance for all these requests being granted and the gift that you are to us. Pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.
And by His precious blood We have been set free There's no stranger here At the Savior's feet Where the cross stands tall There is unity All our welcome home Sons and daughters sing By His precious blood We have been set free There's no stranger here At the Savior's feet Where the cross listening to the river valley podcast it would help us out a ton if you could rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and also share it with somebody we hope that this isn't just for people in our church we hope that this is people far beyond that but we know that people in our church maybe don't even know about it yet we're talking about it on weekends we're sharing in announcements but maybe you're a listener but someone in your small group isn't or someone at your campus so would you send it to them share it with them so that they can receive this and then rate it wherever you listen so that more people can find this podcast if you have questions about faith, about church, about belief, about theology, about the Bible, please submit your questions. You can find us on Instagram at River Valley MN. You can also uh, email us, finding us on our website, rivervalley.org. Please, we want to hear your questions so that we can continue to answer those or at least respond to them here on the podcast. And again, thank you for listening. We'll see you in church this weekend. Thank you.